the volume. All right, we are back on Amp Money Line Monaco live in the fold. We call this a bonus app. We call this a flip. The Maddie Stafford baseball cap back. No better man that rocks a backward cap better on the volume sports staff than my producer, Paul Farrington. Joining me on today's <laughs> show, Paul normally throws a challenge flag. We just in- introduced that last week to add value or let me know where. I I could have been better. I was wrong. Today, though, Paul, I'm having you on. We're debriefing. I had two fantasy football drafts over the weekend. Got a lot to say on it. Um, I thought I drafted great. Yahoo and ESPN let me know I did not. Um, but ironically, you and I both drafted in the 10th spot in a 12-man league. And to me, I, I can't think of anyone better to have on to debrief, talk out your draft strategy, how you did as well in all things fantasy football land, because we're in August 28th. It, it is time for fantasy football. How are you feeling after your draft and and all things just good vibes, college football and beyond? Oh, college football vibes. We don't have to talk about this too long, but I, I was jacked up watching Notre Dame this Saturday. Sam Hartman, you mentioned him in the show earlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking playoff right now, so I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm already getting excited for what's to come for Notre Dame. Fantasy wise, I'm looking at your draft here, Monaco at 10. We had a lot of the same decisions to make, and we we actually made a lot of the same decisions. So I can't wait to get into it with you. It's hilarious. Um, so I I almost was triple checking the stigmatism, as I always say. And I, I by the end of the show, I just want you because we have three, I think we have four, but at least three starters uh, uh that are the same. And it is in my fantasy football draft uh team name. And I would like to, by the end of the episode, try to build Kitsma for the Moneyline Monaco pod here, producer and host, and rock the same name if I can get you to like what I drew up. I, lo- I love crafting names on these teams. But all things all things considered, let's get down into it. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all things volume, anything Moneyline Monaco. Paul Farrington, the Paul Farrington <laughs> Show, Tuesdays, Thursdays, chops it up with his three buddies for all- that 70s show, if you will. Esque in the world of sports, you guys talk betting, you guys talk sports, high level topics as well as fantasy. Make sure to check out Paul's show; he does great work on the mic. Always try to have him on here at the end at bits and spurts because he's got a great podcast bo- voice. What can I say, Paul? We dive well, thank in you. here. Unnecessary plug, but appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, the one thing that is different um, when debriefing on these, uh, your draft, mine, as we talk it out. I did have a two flex league. We're both in mm-hmm. 12, 12 team leagues both drafted 10 um but i have two wide receiver a quarterback two wide receivers two running backs a tight end and two flex of course with a kicker and defense correct me if i'm wrong paul you had a quarterback two wide receivers two running backs a tight end one flex and a kicker and a, and a defense correct yes just the one flex so a little bit of different strategy as far as building out your team i, I always contest one flex which i am in multiple leagues i, I play one flex I think it's way more of the common folk and fantasy way to go to flex really to me. I like to say it, it separates the JV from the varsity in the world of fantasy because <laughs> you really have to, you have to, to roll up the sleeves by the middle end rounds to find value in the second flex. 
I'm pretty impressed with my two flex. I, I'm I'm looking at four wide receiver ones, uh, if I don't say so myself on my draft. But let's let's get out. Let's start out. Um, almost Roger Goodell NFL draft with it. First overall pick, Paul. Now, just we'll start out with mine. And again, I'm in a $250 buy-in league. These guys are, are my fraternity brothers going over a decade, been in this league a long time. These guys take it so seriously. They fly out to Vegas oh, that's great. and do a live draft. So I don't know how many times real quick before just speaking on it. Cause you know, we're just talking conversationally here. Have you done a live draft where you're not doing it digitally with a clock on you, but instead in a house old school, you know, the OO fantasy players and early fantasy players you're younger than me but it used to be the only way and then you had to manually plug it in now you got so many tools so many sites to do this but have you done the old school write it on a write it on the big board we have we did it one year and it, it took about it took about three hours three and a half hours to do um it was a lot of fun now we all just gather same place and we do it on espn so oh, i still have like the it. the live draft but not not uh pen and paper see i think that's the perfect happy medium um, I do like a clock on you. There is something to to say about getting together. Um, but yes, it it damn near doubles, triples. You're taking side prop bets on on who's not aware of keepers, who's not, who's messing up, who's drafting someone already drafted. It's going to happen a lot more on the old school way, right on the big board, than it is digitally. It's almost impossible to mess it up digitally. Um, it, real quick before we dive in here, was your league a keepers league? It is not. It's a redraft league. So every okay. year we got we got new guys, you know, and there's there's players. I'm sure it's in your league, too. But our, our league's going on 10 years. There's guys who we look at every year and have kind of just become jokes within the league, like Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They're guys that, you know, whenever they're drafted, Julio Jones, we pour one out for them. So it's great. That's it's great when you're in the uh, the live draft setting with your friends. <laughs> I love it. Um, this draft from my end was a keeper league. Um, I, so the rule was, I, I believe it was seventh round on eighth round. I think it's eighth round on, um, I kept Raheem Mostert again, nothing to write home about, but in the keeper league, just from an educational standpoint, if you are in a keeper league, it is worth mentioning. And, and I don't know if you've been in a keeper league before, Paul, but you probably want to, for instance, perfect example. Try to draft somebody that could have serious upside the following year that you can stash that could end up being a starter for next year, et cetera. Now, if you're not in a keeper league, none of the strategy matters. For instance, I'm looking at a, a couple of keepers in my league. Justin Fields was swooped you know, last year, 16th round. He got to be someone's quarterback this year. Um, someone swooped Kyler Murray in the last round of this year's draft. Why? Not for this year, for next year. So just wanted to make mention of that because it is worth drafting and stashing someone. It's very patient. It is a, a disciplined approach at the plate. Um, Have you done a keeper league be before, Paul? Or you guys run it back clean slate every season? I'm in a dynasty league, so I, I get a little bit of that feeling. Agree with that methodology, though, as far as stashing a Kyler Murray or, you know, you know, one quarterback league, like one of these three rookies potentially is not going to be one of the 12 guys drafted, probably not even a backup, except an Anthony Richardson I've seen get drafted um, in my league. But you could stash somebody that isn't seeing the field this year. 
for next year. Uh, do you like that methodology at all before we dive into our oh, 100 percent. Yeah. A guy like Richardson's the perfect, perfect example for the situation uh, in your keeper league. So are you filling them in where you drafted them the year before? We are. Yeah. So the the keeper league uh, from from this vantage point, just just for those listening. And again, we're not going to read the entire board um, of every player drafted by every team as we don't want to bore you. But it was a keeper league. And again, I had Mostert, um, but just a couple of the guys that were kept from last year, just to show you the quality of who I'm I'm playing with. Garrett Wilson was a keeper. Chris Olave, Kenneth Walker. Deshaun Watson, Devontae Smith, Jahan Dotson, Joe Burrow, somehow. Justin Fields, Calvin Ridley, and myself with uh, probably the worst wow. keeper of every, and was it uh, Raheem Mostert. Any any player? So that, I mean, that's a shape. It's a sh- yeah, it's a shape-shifting keeper league. I mean, come on. You you start the league with Chris Olave and you get to slate him in the ninth round. That's when you took him last year. I mean, you're you're almost one up. You're almost <laughs> In the FIFA world, play a man down from my Raheem Mostert perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at Mostert compared to to Fields and Olave, like you said, Wilson. It's one keeper? One keeper and and just one of those one of those leagues that everyone is just really dialing in. Um, you know, not a lot of bad fantasy players. Uh, if I were to rate them in my league, some of them listen, so you know. Don't want to disrespect, but I would say I don't think anyone's <laughs> below a Madden eight. Anyone's below a Madden eighty five. I, I think I'm dealing with guys that don't make a lot of mistakes. So as we dive in here, and again, let's go tip for tat because we both drafted tenth. Now, when you are drafting tenth, Paul, do you do you like to build out options before the draft? For the first slot, again, a lot of guys want to know their spot a week in advance so they can prepare. To me, a lot of it is know who you want, have an educated idea of who's going to be there. Like for me at 10, I was like, oh, maybe Stefan Diggs will fall. Probably not. Um, will someone draft up for a B. John Robinson? Will somebody stretch for you know a Nick Chubb, so to speak, in that back end of the first round? Because again, we're both in half point. PPRs, or are you very much a read and react player? Uh, because again, that 10 spot is a fickle, it's a fickle oh, lad yeah. to be to tough. be right there. You you have so many ways to go with it. Do you like to pre-prep and then just being in leagues that you've won, leagues that you've you've placed um on the Mario Kart one, two, three, getting some silverware? Did you have a ton of strategy? of who you were getting before are you more of a read and react guy? No. So I, I love doing pre-draft work. I think it's really important too when you're going into these that you, you have to know what your results could look like. So I spent the entire time with this 10 spot. I had about two weeks in, in advance to prep, just doing mock drafts, a lot of worst case scenario drafting in, in my mind, just like, okay, yeah. the guys I don't want aren't there. Then or, or if the guys I want aren't there, what am I going to do? So I went through all these different scenarios and I really came into it with the approach of, and I told you this before, kind of like the movie draft day, I actually had a note with me that said running back no matter what, <laughs> kind of the way <laughs> Kevin Costner with that uh, Vontae Mack no matter what it. note card. And you know, just as it happens every year, the draft board falls differently. And I'm looking at Travis Kelsey with the number 10 pick, which was the one scenario I didn't plan for in the event that I could go tight end round one. So it it is, you could do so much prep work, but then on draft day, 
you have no idea what's going to happen with your friends. So, so I wound up actually getting Kelsey round one, which I had no idea what to do from there on. So it became a lot of reactionary decisions from that point. Yeah, it's a huge value steal at 10. Um, for those listening, I think if Kelsey drops to 10, 11, or 12 somehow in your league, you have to take him. You can make a case for for ninth um, or eighth as well. Now, just for those curious, um, can you read me your list of how it went in order of these players before your 10 spot for, for me? Sure. And just let me know if you had anything stick out that's much different than me because again a lot of these first round draft picks are pretty much decided i don't think anyone's going crazy i am curious to hear who you thought maybe um without throwing them under the bus on the on the pf show um <laughs> who who may have who may have stretched to allow kelsey to be there at 10 but i had justin jefferson c-mac jamar eckler tyreek one through five what was pretty much JJ, C-Mac, Jamar, Austin, Eckler, and Tyreek. That was much the same five. top five. Mine was Jefferson. In that, exact, in that exact order? It was Jefferson, Chase, then McCaffrey. So same top three, Eckler four, Tyreek Hill five. So yeah, just flip Chase and McCaffrey. Just out of curiosity, talking that out, um, if you were in that two, three spot, and we are going to end the show with me. Uh, I did do a, a second draft. I had the the first pick. Um, you know, that first, second, third slot is always a lot different of a draft strategy than the the rest of the league, in my humble opinion. But do you have a strong lean chase or C-Mac? And then what is your takeaway when you have a premier or, or what is the your general manager reasoning for going top pass catching wide receiver or tight end like we both did versus a top tier running back? How in today's 2023 fantasy world are you capping the upside and ceiling of a Christian McCaffrey versus a Jamar Chase? Or are we really just flipping flipping a coin for you know 100 times and it's going 51-49 with those? Yeah, I, I personally love having running backs. So this whole draft process, I've been thinking McCaffrey and, and Eckler would really even be up there for my one-two if I weren't such a big Viking fan. Uh, but towards the end of August, as we got closer to drafts, I like Jefferson one, Chase in the two. Just when you look at the volume, the targets that these guys get, it really is unbelievable. And and Chase had a great season, even though he missed a lot of games last year. At uh, I like them McCaffrey and Eckler at the three four. I'm a little worried about Elijah Mitchell because there is a real threat to him taking some carries from McCaffrey when they're both active. Um, and the upside of Chase is just too much for me. He could be the wide receiver one, so that's why I I lean Chase over McCaffrey for the second pick right now. See, it's interesting because, you know, you look at these top five guys and Jefferson really doesn't have anyone in his way. He's just hoping Jordan Addison comes in, does that deal and roll. Well, McCaffrey's got a crowded backfield. Debo Samuel worth mentioning as well in that um, Elijah Mitchell backfield um, hybrid threat. You'll look at Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is going second round in some of these leagues. Um, they're calling him a wide receiver 1A. And then Tyreek, Jalen Waddle's going, I'm seeing as high as the end of round two. He, you can make a case as a wide receiver 1A. Do you have, yet you look at an Eckler, you look at a Justin Jefferson in that top five, even a Cooper Cup to add it to the six, who was my six overall in my league. There's not a clear second productive player on those respective teams, whereas McCaffrey's amongst the cast of stars. Joe Burrow's got T. Higgins, who again is going to get wide receiver one money if he leaves. 
Jalen Waddle obviously working his way into a top 15 wide receiver conversation this year already. Do you factor, do you cap those situations any differently in that front five than you would JJ and Cup and and Eckler, if you see what I'm saying, so to speak, less people in their yeah, way to yeah. be productive versus a more crowded room of talent. I don't think about too much for these top guys. It's You're still going to get the high volume for Chase. You're still going to get it. If you go and look at Jamar Chase's games last season, he's basically double-digit targets every single game. It's not too big of a concern. Um, now, Cooper Cup, that's an interesting case because if he stays healthy, you could actually argue him for the 1-1. He was averaging... 23 about 23 points per game last year before he went down uh, so I, I like people who got him at six you know in my draft he went at nine believe it or not he fell um so we could have fun talking about wow. that but that's just uh, yeah i'm not too worried about eckler chase or mccaffrey we, we know they're going to get the ball even though there are so many stars on their team all right let's work our way through the first round here and then talk out um how your first round went and takeaways so it's it really seems like my league did it kind of down the down the the line of pending where you get your top 12 players it, it went as i mentioned jj c mac jamar chase eckler hill and then it went cup sixth stefan Diggs seventh kelsey eighth nick chubb ninth and your boy Moneyline monaco took abcd lamb <laughs> at 10 Devonte adams went 11th and Bijan robinson went 12th now Talking out six through 12, lumping them all in together. At what point are you going in 2023? And what is your strategy? Because again, you took a guy that fell in Kelsey. Had Kelsey not fallen, hypothetically speaking, and you were in that same scenario as I was, a Nick Chubb, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, B. John Robinson, Saquon, I'll throw him in there too. Where do you put the four... I guess we'll say the five through eight wide receivers and the three through five running backs. As far as which way do you go? How do you build it out? And do you feel like, because I'm watching, I'm looking back on some of my call, my fellow buddies and how they drafted. One of the guys I respect the most, he went running back, running back. And yeah. he went Chubb, Saquon Barkley. Where are you at with, top tier wide receiver versus top tier running back in that middle to the end of the first round decision. If you didn't have the Kelsey luxury. So, yeah. So you went lamb. I probably would have gone with Bijan Saquon on the board, Pollard, Henry. I probably would have gone Bijan. Uh, now to be fair to you, your draft was falling differently. You had a ton of receivers going. So I understand taking uh, CD lamb there. If he's your favorite of the bunch. I drew a pretty hard line after Jefferson, Chase, Hill, and Cup. That after that, I wanted to get my hands on one of the best running backs on the board. Um, so that would probably yeah. be I'm looking at Chubb, Bijan, Barkley, maybe Derrick Henry. And then I would go back to the receivers. Um, Tony Pollard was floating on that line as well. So that's the way I approached it. Diggs was the, the cutoff guy uh, after Cup. I would go with those running backs and then Diggs would probably be next on my list. Yeah, it's a tough call because they're so... This is my back and forth in fantasy. There's so many wide receiver, quality wide receivers as we'll talk out the value we got. I mean, I'm getting wide receiver ones 
in the fifth, sixth round, like they're going out of style, you know, how many top shelf running backs are in this league from a fantasy perspective? And then where is the the beginning of the drop-off after Chubb, C-Mac, Eckler, Barkley, a Josh Jacobs could be in that conversation. Um, obviously Bijan. Now, any cause for concern with going with a rookie in the first round? Um, you don't see it every day. And, and again, this is an interesting situation in Atlanta. It was a top three rushing team from last year and a t- and, and a top five unequivocally offensive lot. Now they 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 make a change at quarterback. They bring in a stud, yet you know, you got Algier, you got Cordero. Any cause for concern with people out there going with a rookie who you have really no idea he's going to be used, but you just don't, you still don't know. He's going from college to the NFL. Is it a bit of a gamble to go with a rookie in that end of the first round? You just don't see it every year. It is a little bit. And, you know, my, my best season of late in this league, I took Saquon as a rookie and then doubled down on the turn. I was at 12 and I took Dalvin Cook as well early in his career uh, with the Vikings. Yeah. That's one of the best years I've had where I was able to, to stockpile receivers down the line. And I had this pretty dominant rushing attack of uh, of Cook and Barkley. Um, I think this year, when you look at B. John Robinson, yeah, the backfield's crowded. The skill positions, believe it or not, <laughs> are crowded in Atlanta uh, with Patterson, Algier, Pitts, Drake London. But he's the best skill player on the offense. And I don't think many people are going to question that right now, even though even though he is a rookie, um, this Atlanta team ran the ball 559 times last season. They're going to, there are touches to be had uh, for Bijan Robinson. So I, I think that's who I would have gone with you. But again, we're, you're really splitting hairs because you end up with, and if you don't mind me saying your second round pick real quick. No, no, do it, You end up with CD Lamb, Derrick Henry. If you went Bijan, you're probably going to have Bijan and Amon Ross St. Brown or Bijan and AJ Brown or someone like that. It's right. really just what wide receiver running back combo you wanted at that point. And that really just comes down to personal preference. So I think Lamb's an okay pick. Personally, I would have gone with my favorite of the running backs there and would have taken Bijan um, at the 10 spot. Now, for people out there that are flirting with um, not next man, best man up, but really sticking to <laughs> almost quoting a sports betting term where you're not betting the team, you're betting the number. Um, hypothetically speaking here, you wouldn't be betting, you wouldn't be taking the player, you'd be taking the position because you're a posi- you know, you're a, a position-minded draft strategist. If you were to build out and, and and take it from your success from last year in your league if you can remember off the dome or this year and and how draft grades fell, if you were to go two running backs or two wide receivers, which would you lean? Do you think there's a better way than not? Again, looking at my board, for those curious, there were two guys that ended up going, and one of which is is very good um, in our league. The other one was was the 12th. So at the turn, you, you know, you got the 12th spot or you got the first spot. You're going back to back. So the 12th spot in my league did Bijan and then Saquon. And the other one worth mentioning was my buddy going Nick Chubb at the nine and then at the turn took Josh Jacobs. So he walks away after two draft picks with some time to breathe, Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. And then you look at the other guy would be Jean and Saquon. 
are you much happier with that as opposed to going two wide receivers, two premier wide receivers out the gate? Because a lot of these sites, um, and you know, my, me and my brothers are doing a two thousand dollar league. I, we're looking at who won the league last year um, in Vegas. A lot of guys went wide receiver, wide receiver. Oh, it's very of hard for it's very hard for my two thousand eight onward self. It's almost like unlearning and relearning, right? Because the league changes, you get new information. You got to be you got to be open. How do you feel about that? Two running backs versus two wide receivers. And that's more of a conversation for people drafting in the back half of the first round, because when you're drafting two times in six picks, two times in four picks, two times in eight picks, you know, you have to be, I think a little more iron tight with your strategy than playing to the best man. If you're drafting fourth and you got a break or you're drafting fifth and you know, you're in the middle and you got room to breathe. What, what say you on that? Yeah. To- towards the back end, you definitely can be a little more reactionary to what's going on at the start of the draft. Uh, personally, I like having those running backs. It's tough because you do pass up on some big names. So that guy who has Bijan and Saquon on the turn, I love that. I think that's a great start to your team. Um, now, look, last year, I I was the receiver guy. I took Justin Jefferson. I took Devontae Adams at, on the turn. And they were the one and three receivers in the league. The problem for me was I swung and missed on Cam Akers in the third round. And I was looking at a backfield of Miles Sanders and you know, Deontay Foreman, I was lucky at the end of the season came on, but I had Chuba Hubbard who was putting up nothing, <laughs> nothing the first eight weeks of the season. So you can really fall into a pit with running backs if you don't hit on your third round guy or your fourth round guy. Um, so I, I prefer to lock in the running backs myself. And then there's just so many, as you said before, so many more receivers that you can hit on. It's all about just hitting that running back in the third round. So this year, you know, Jameer Gibbs is someone who's going there a lot. Madison's in the third and fourth round. Um, if you can nail that, you're fine with receivers, but I'm more comfortable with running backs. Now, it is worth mentioning two flex versus one is a different methodology because very much so you could go, I mean, you could go really heavy. That same dude at the turn who went Bijan and Saquon that you like, and again, his track record isn't the same as my other buddy who went Chubb and Jacobs. But I mean, his third and fourth round pick, which is incredibly head scratching in my humble opinion, was Alvin Kamara and Josh Allen. So now you're four wide receivers, you're four draft, four rounds in in the draft with no wide receivers. I don't think for those listening, you want to wait more than till the third round maximum to draft a wide receiver if you go running back, running back. Would you be in lockstep with me on that? Yeah, I'd want to hit something. I like the Josh Allen pick. It's in the fourth round. I think that's a phenomenal pick, actually. Um, third round, the Camara is head scratching. I have no idea what he's doing. But other than that, Bijan Barkley, Josh Allen, round four, I think that is really good stuff from him. Uh, again, Camara, though, could could come back to haunt him. I, don't, I have no idea what he's looking at. Now, there. back to your first round. Talk to me who, yeah. it, without throwing anyone under the bus, who. Oh, who I'm pa- fine to throw who, people under the bus, Monica. <laughs> Who, who I have no problem how, with that. How did Kelsey drop to you and how did how did six through nine go? So okay, so so just to recap, one through five was Jefferson, Chase, McCaffrey, Eckler, Hill. Uh then now this is where my league's a little different, and everyone has their different fantasy strategies with their friends. We've always been big time running backs, and that that showed here because seven, six through twelve went Bijan six, Chubb seven, Barkley eight. 
Cooper Cup then fell to nine, and that's how Kelsey came to me at ten. Um, and then to, to round out the first round, it was Derrick Henry eleven, Tony Pollard twelve. So you're wow. looking at one, wow. two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs in the first round. When in most drafts this year, you're you're really talking about maybe four. I don't so, yeah, hate. I, I was happy. I Kelsey. don't hate how your league drafted, Paul. I mean. I, I again it was it took everything in me to not take I just didn't I I couldn't take a rookie running back first and the idea of taking Saquon 10th overall I I couldn't I couldn't do it um so I ended up going CD and Derrick Henry at the 10th and the 15th overall but at the turn in our league to your point just a couple draft uh draft picks behind 12 13 14 as we mentioned with the turn, Bijan and Saquon, but Pollard was taken next at 14th. Then Derrick Henry, I, I went second round 15th. Then Josh Jacobs went 16th. Jonathan Taylor went 17th. Joe Mixon went 18th. So interesting mirror, uh, our, our league versus yours. It just seems like my league, Lutt, Saquon, Pollard, Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Mixon slip a little more but they still went very early. They still went top 18, all of those to the point where, and I do believe there's a drop-off after those names because I'm not particularly high on Ramondre Stevenson. Um, someone took him 20th overall, never in a million years. Uh, death taxes and don't draft a New England Patriots running back is my motto in fantasy. But, you know, do what you do. I, I just, I can't, I can't fathom that. But there is a drop-off. After Ramondre, you're starting, you're starting now in the Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones world. Whereas after those premier first five, six, seven wide receivers, Paul, you're still, I'm still seeing guys like Debo, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore all get drafted after 27, 28th overall. You're now talking and mid to the end of the third round. And let me just say this for you. When you picked Lamb at 10, what I think you did really well is that you still had Bijan Barkley, Pollard, and Henry on the board. Those are all guys that I draw the line after them because I don't want any part of Jonathan Taylor this year. Joe Mixon's good, but not elite, in my opinion. And Josh Jacobs, I don't think he'll he'll recreate last season, even though he'll, he'll probably be a serviceable RB2, low-end RB1. I really like that you went and grabbed C.D. Lamb at the 10 spot because you were able to take the, the best receiver, in your opinion. If you like him more than St. Brown, Waddle, you can't draft Garrett Wilson. I think it's it's pretty good that you went and got the guy you wanted when you have all those running backs that you could wait on. And then, you know, fortunately, Derrick Henry fell, who I love Derrick Henry. So I, I liked what you did there. So, and then in that that reach from your guys perspective i'm curious um with with going all in on running backs in that end of the first round how did the second round shake out what what did you take and how, how did you think that second round went for you guys perfect so kelsey was 10 uh the second round started with stefan diggs on the turn so the turn was let me just make sure i got these numbers right the turn so somebody was, got st- somebody got digs to start the second round Yes. Yep. So they had Pollard wow. and Diggs on the turn. Then Devontae okay. Adams went next. I got CD Lamb then with the third pick of the second round. Uh, so the, the same receiver, same players as you really in our top 15 is just a bit, little bit of a different order. Uh, Josh Jacobs then went next. AJ Brown fifth in the second round. 
Waddle, Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, Jonathan Taylor, Olave, Devontae Smith, and Debo Samuel, which I thought complete reach on Debo at the end of the second round from my good friend Zach. Um, yeah. But you know what? He was a, a great fancy player a few years ago. I just, I don't like it there. Uh, so I went CD though. My debate, and, and let me know if you like this pick, which it seems like you will based on you taking Lamb as well. But CD versus AJ Brown and Garrett Wilson was the dilemma for me. And man, Garrett Wilson, just from that little preseason action yesterday, I, I think he's going to be really, really good with Rodgers this year. It's, it's hard for me to pass on him, but I went with uh, CD Lamb. That's very tough. Uh, look, and and you know we've we've spoken. I'm high on the Cowboys this year, number one red zone team. You know, you look at Dak's assets this year. He's got a different backfield, and to me, a lot on Tony Pollard's health, and a lot on the supporting cast. Dalton Schultz, incredibly productive, gone. I I think on our side here, we got arguably the sixth best wide receiver in the league. Um, for you to get him second round. Now, I will say for those listening, if you can get a number one person at their position like Paul did in the first round with Kelsey, I think you have to take him. Now, you going tight and wide receiver from a strategy standpoint, for those that do have the luxury of getting Kelsey, then they want to go wide receiver next. Are you automatically back to kind of that betting the number, not the team. Are you automatically getting a running back in the third round after you go tight end wide receiver? <laughs> so not automatically. It depends on who who would have fallen there. I ultimately wound up going running back in the third round. But if you had like maybe if Josh Allen had fallen, I probably would have taken Josh Allen uh, in the third round. But yes, I wound up going running back uh, in round three. But you, you probably should, too. If, if you're being smart about it, which I am not, you probably go running back and try and make sure you're evening out your lineup. But I like taking swings on guys. So if, if Josh Allen were there and you and I could start with Allen, Lamb, and Kelsey, I know those guys are all putting up points. So I, I would have been right. comfortable with that and then attack running back in round four. But uh, with the way the board fell, I ultimately did wind up going with a running back in the third round. Now, just on a on a quick little pivot to to quarterbacks value in the first three rounds, and we'll, we'll get into our our third round and how that shook out. Do you feel like there's a Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? Pick your order, one through three, tier one, if you will, in fantasy, and then there's everybody else: Lamar, Burrow, Fields, Herbert, Lawrence, etc. Do you feel like? Because for me, I've made the mistake of drafting a quarterback too early and it just decimates you because you're giving up a huge spot for a skill, premier skill position person for a quarterback. You go tit for tat on numbers. I mean, again, you can get a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow. I've seen it. I've just been through it in a fifth round, in a sixth round, even Lamar's fallen to the fourth round. And you still leave up those skill position spots, those one through three rounds, one through three open for them. But then, of course, we have the dual threat element where Allen and Hertz and Lamar and Fields are all running and racking up points. Where are you on 2023 quarterback strategy? And and a second part to that, did drafting Patrick Mahomes creep into your noggin, either in that second round for double points or that third round? No, I, in terms of the quarterbacks, I have it tiered 
like you said, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, uh, the top tier. I personally prefer Josh Allen this season. After that, second tier would be Burrow and Lamar. Third tier, I have Fields, uh, Herbert, and Lawrence. And then after that, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, sure. You could you could take Kirk, you could take Daniel Jones, whoever it is, uh, will fill the role. But where to select those tier one quarterbacks? If you're picking at the end of round one and you have an early round two pick, I just can't. I know some people are thinking about Mahomes on the turn. I just can't give up a guy like C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. These guys are just too good. There's too many targets, too many points on the board for a receiver. Um, even some of the running backs, too. Josh Jacobs, I probably take him over Mahomes as well most times. So back half of round one, first half of round two, I can't take a quarterback. I also wouldn't take him at any point in round two. I think you're really looking at the guys with picks one through six um, to take quarterback early in the third round. So you still get those premier players in the second. Uh, and then you you do have a drop off going into round three in, in skill level. Now, if you do land the Charizard at tight end, Mr. Travis Kelsey, like you, do you change your methodology at all? And like in my draft, the guy who went second, who drafted Christian McCaffrey on his second round, which was, you know, if you draft second, you're drafting 23rd. That's the last, that's the next time you pick, but then you're also drafting 26. You're drafting 20, 23rd and 26. If you're drafting second overall, they went C-Mac. Then they went Mahomes at the end of the second. And they end up with DK Metcalf as the, as the number one wide receiver for them. To me in 2023, I, I, I that doesn't sound like a winning fantasy organization where DK Metcalf is your number one wide receiver. I don't know if that can compete, but where do you lie? In because there are a lot of fundamentally sound fantasy players I go against that aim for double points always. They will craft a starter in their lineup with their quarterback to make sure that Kelsey to Mahomes to Kelsey, Hurts to AJ Brown, Lamar to Mark Andrews does happen. Is that at the top of your emphasis as far as in the uh PF general manager room before draft day? <laughs> in in my war room, that is considered. <laughs> it is it is not a necessity. Now, if if Mahomes fell to third round, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about You're that taking a lot. Him. Okay, so but he yeah. went he yes. went in your league before you could have nabbed him third round. Yes, he came he went before I came back in the third round. Uh in terms of the guy in your league, McCaffrey and Mahomes, what you like about that is you get points. Those are again it sounds crazy, but or it sounds obvious, but in fantasy, you just get guys who score points. You know, there are few people you know who are going to put up points, and McCaffrey and Mahomes are two of those guys. I actually like DK Metcalf uh, as the wide receiver one, given the way your draft board fell out, because he was last year a guy, I believe he had four or five dropped touchdowns or at least touchdowns that, you know, his foot was out of bounds or he, he dropped the pass he normally would catch. Like, and if you're talking about DK Metcalf getting those four or five back, he's probably a, a round two guy this year and having a much higher finish than he did last year with Geno. So I don't mind Metcalf there, um, but in terms of the double points, yeah, it's nice, but I don't, I don't need it. Now, in your draft, um, in the third round. Now, after the first two rounds, it, you have everyone. Everyone's taking quality guys. Third round is where it starts to get interesting, just as far as people's strategy. 
Now you went tight end wide receiver, which again, we asked pretty much teed you up to, to land on a running back. Now you weren't necessarily all in on getting a running back. Regardless, you liked the guy you drafted. You're in one flex. I'm in two. And I do, I do have the answers to the test as far as how you went. Um, and you have mine, <laughs> but just go in order for order. What take me back to that third round, anything stick out that you saw, you could give the audience that you think somebody fumbled or actually someone you can, you can comment on mine too, that you thought was value. When are we getting into already, uh, swooping somebody with a high ceiling or someone that really should have went second round that went third round. Any any names stick out to you there? Yeah. So in my draft, again, the turn, my friend Zach taking Debo and Calvin Ridley to start round three. He's Ridley was one of his guys. You know, everyone has the guys that they want to hit in the draft. Ridley was one of his. So I think those two are both a little bit of a reach, but if you like them, you know, you're not, they're not going to be there for rounds four and five. So if you like them, you go ahead and take them. Uh, the way my draft went, and you know, I'm very much take the best player available round one and two. That's what I did with Kelsey. That's what I did with CD Lamb. Now I have my eyes on top tier quarterback or a running back. The way it goes is Ridley, Jalen Hurts off the board, Patrick Mahomes off the board, T. Wow. Higgins gone. The fifth pick of the third round was Josh Allen. So all the quarterbacks are gone now. So and three I- picks in yep. the first to start your third round of the first five were quarterbacks. Yep. Jalen Hurts and they two, and they and, and give us the order. Give us yeah. Uh, sorry. So Allen went first. It was Hurts. Hurts was the first oh, off the board. Then Mahomes, uh, and then Allen Higgins, Allen. Josh Allen. That's the fifth pick in the third round. Wow. And so how my many... mind now goes to running backs immediately. Sure, sure. Now just to give you an idea on the turn from our end, uh, my end, ETN went twenty fourth overall at the turn. Um, T Higgins did go third round first pick. Uh, and then that team I mentioned that went C-Mac and Mahomes ended up going DK Metcalf, um, Jameer Gibbs, and then Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel, so and, and Jalen Hurts. So interestingly enough, um, Mahomes goes end of second in my league first, and then Jalen Hurts goes 32nd overall in round three, second, and at the turn to start off round four for that guy that got Kamara. Josh Allen, 37th uh, overall to kick off the fourth round. Um, then then my ass went Lamar Jackson two picks later. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I reached on that, but getting into your fourth round draft pick now. So you filled out. I've filled out. I've gone. You've gone best player on the board, best player on the board, running back. And remind us you're running back first RB. Yep. So, so I had my eyes on. Najee, Joe Mixon, uh, Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs. Ultimately, Jameer Gibbs was the guy who fell to me at the end of the third round. It was between him and Aaron Jones. So I actually got a little nervous um, because as we're coming down, I see Najee off the board, Mixon off the board. I like Jameer Gibbs. I actually took him over Ramondre, which, you know, I'm not sure. What do you think about that? I love that because Jameer Gibbs is a pass catching back. Ramondre, and again, I'm not saying he can't, but you add Zeke in the mix. I mean, gosh, I just, I just knew New England running backs. And, and again, no one else plays chess over checkers in that, in that regard, except for maybe Shanahan, as far as who could come out and uh, game plan wise and, and steal carries from a fantasy perspective in the backfield. I just cannot take a New England running back 
in the first <laughs> he was four. good last year Ramondre was good it. last year I know he was good I know he was good and and he straight up took Damian Harris's job is in Buffalo now but I still I still just cannot make that case I have rules in place defensive minded team they're not focused their emphasis is not on the offensive side of the ball and they could just care less over there about stat stuffing that is a would it be different uh, would it be different for you if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't there no I really don't think so I no, really so you're just, so you just totally out on New England running backs no matter I'm out what on New England running backs I'm sorry if Sean is listening I, the reality <laughs> is you got a guy first of all you got a, a you you drafted somebody with a top five unequivocally offensive line. I already love that. You also got a guy in a brand new backfield, brand new backfield. And you also got a guy who otherwise comes in, inherits an offensive line that was the nucleus behind Jamal Williams, who led the league in rushing touchdowns. I'm not saying Jameer Gibbs is going to be inside the 10. That's probably David Montgomery's role. I just remember watching this dude next to Bryce Young many a times making water out of wine there in the backfield, catching a rock, making one dude miss, making one second guy miss. And in a PPR half point league, like you're in, like I'm in, I will always lean the hybrid back over a Ramondre. I'm going Gibbs a hundred out of a hundred as opposed to Ramondre Stevenson. And interestingly enough, in my league, Ramondre went 20th overall and Jameer Gibbs fell to 27th third round. Yeah. So they both fell in my league to end of round three and actually the first pick of round four. Um, I was Wait. debating, I was debating now in round four, it went Ramondre, then Alvin Kamara. So another guy, kind of like your league where we had Alvin Kamara going at the, on, on the turn three, four, which I personally, I'm not touching Kamara until much, much later in the draft, but I was sitting there with CD lamb, Jameer Gibbs and Travis Kelsey. And I know you're, you're talking about taking Lamar Jackson. I, that was the decision for me. It was, all right, do I take Keenan Allen or Lamar Jackson here? And ultimately, I went with Keenan Allen to get another receiver and hold uh, hold on the quarterback. Yes. And ironically, you and I. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Except, <laughs> it, it is funny. Except you got him around later. I, I mean, I'm blown away at, at, at the difference in our leagues. I had to take Keenan Allen third round, 34th overall, and was fortunate to take Lamar Jackson in the fourth round at 39th. But just giving you, you know, as I as I mentioned, it went Mahomes, uh, Mahomes first, Hurts second, Allen, then I took the fourth quarterback, Lamar. And that end of the third round, 32nd through 38, it went after Hurts, it went Amari Cooper, then I took Allen, then your boy Alexander Madison went, then Kamara went, then Josh Allen, DJ Moore, Lamar. And then, interestingly enough, a string of running backs again in the fourth round, which I guess leads me to my next question as we want to learn about your fourth round pick here. That 40 through 46th, we saw on my league, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins, and Rashad White all go. And in my humble opinion, after that, it is slim pickings at running back. We're talking about Cam Akers. Isaiah Pacheco, oh, it's it's really James bad. Cook, and, and this is where I we have to talk it out here because again we're we're not gonna have time to go through the whole the whole draft, but just in these next few rounds when we round this out, do you feel like you have to lock in your running backs 
or at least a dual threat quarterback in and address that in that third, fourth, fifth round. Because t- to me, you have more likelihood of landing a value wide receiver like we both did in the, the middle, true middle rounds as to finding a diamond in the rough at running back. To me, there's a bigger drop off this season at running back mid-level to low-level than it is wide receivers. Oh, Monaco, that, this is exactly the question. And, and a shout-out to, uh, in the comment section, over, <laughs> Overnight Wizzy says, what's up, Amp family? <laughs> so Let's go, Overnight Wizzy. Much love for sticking it out on the fantasy show. Let's go. <laughs> it's Big awesome. Up. That's awesome stuff. Um, so, yeah, you you completely nailed it there. That's the dilemma with, with the running backs and not taking them early. That's why I love the guy in your league who took Bijan and Barkley you don't have to worry about this crap. Uh, when I'm sitting there and right. I see Keenan Allen on the board in the fourth round, I think that's great value. You know, he was the wide receiver six when he came back in the league last year over the final wow. few weeks. Um, yeah, again, could be now really does, good now as we long both as he stays went healthy. Keenan, real quick, we both went Keenan. And again, I mean, I was just to give people an idea how Keenan Allen, I, I toured. I went to a Chargers draft event. I got to walk on the field, meet all the draft picks at Qualcomm Stadium. I shook Keenan's hand. Then I shook Manti Teo's hand. That's how long Keenan Allen's been in the league. I mean, it's (laughs) not necessarily a spring chicken. He just continues to grow a Gandalf-type beard and add to his tools. But Quentin Johnston gets drafted out of TCU. We know Mike Williams is expected to make a leap here. Could be the wide receiver one by the end of the year. Not necessarily production-wise, but just upside moving forward. Did any of that give you cause for concern with going Keenan Allen? Do you do you really co-sign at, you know, after 30 guys get taken, taking Keenan Allen 31 through 40, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, you really can't go wrong. Even if he's your first wide receiver off the board. Oh, so so Keenan Allen, if he's healthy, he's going to be good. But you're always rolling the dice with him no matter what. Like I said, wide receiver six, he puts up elite numbers. He can be a wide receiver one on your fantasy team. It's just will he stay healthy is the question. I looked at the board and what I saw was Jerry Judy's there, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think any of those guys, except maybe Hopkins, can have top 10 potential at the position. Keenan Allen... When he plays, he's great. So that's why I rolled the dice with him. And what's nice about having C.D. Lamb already is, you know, you can always find a replaceable wide receiver, too. The the problem with that is, though, Monaco, and this is what your original question was, is now I'm in a situation where, and you were ultimately in this one, too, where we have Lamb, Keenan Allen, I have Travis Kelsey, and I only have Jameer Gibbs. And like you just said, those running backs come off the board all of a sudden, I start seeing Alexander Madison gone, James Conner gone, Kenneth Walker's gone, and I don't know who I'm going to get as my RB2. That's the problem and the price you pay when you don't take a running back in the first or second round. It can be disastrous. And and for me, uh, we'll get to the fifth round in a second, and I'm really interested to see if you like my pick, but it, it it's slim. It's slim pickings. It is. And y- you have to you have to in that in that world, if you aren't locked in with your RB2, and again, just to reiterate, I went CD Lamb 10th and then Derrick Henry out the top of the second. I, I I really wanted to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, one of my brothers who takes fantasy incredibly seriously was dragging me for not taking Amon Ross St. Brown in addition to CD Lamb 
um, to rock a WR1, WR1. But the reality is, to your point, I, I just, I can't get out of that. You know, you got a pack of Skittles and a, and a pack of Starburst at running back. It's, it's, it's a difficult reality to swallow knowing how much value is in the later rounds at wide receiver, which I do want to talk out. So you go Gibbs, you have an excellent first four and your, and your fourth, your fourth round is Keenan was get was, was Keenan. So take me the fifth round and, and feel free to drop, to, to drop how the order went before you Um, fifth round. I'm going, you know, I'm going obviously 10th. You're going 10th fifth round. We got to wait a bit. We're back to that 10th spot. Um, not going early on the turn because on the odds we're going later. Now, how mine went real quick was Cam Akers, Hawkinson, Waller, Deontay Johnson, and then it was Mike Evans, Mike Williams, Pacheco, Cook, Ayuk, and then I took uh, Scary Terry. Now, I, those all uh, from a wide receiver perspective: Mike Evans, Mike Williams, Ayuk. Scary Terry and then Christian Watson and Chris Godwin were the next two. Do you feel like anyone really sticks out there? If you were in my world, I went, I went Terry. Could you have gone wrong with Ayuk or Mike Williams or Mike Evans in that fifth round? If you were like me already locked in. And again, I went Lamar fourth round just to remind everyone I had already had CD Henry Keenan Allen and Lamar. So really my first four on the depth chart are filled out. Now I got an RB2, two flexes, and a tight end to fill out. Do you feel like you can't really go wrong strategy-wise and player-wise with what I mentioned, taking a wide receiver there in the fifth as opposed to an RB2? Yeah, so you go McLaurin. I, I think in terms of the receivers on the board here in the fifth round, Deontay Johnson, I like a lot of targets. No touchdowns last year, which is kind of insane for for Deontay Johnson. So you could, you could expect some... Um, a bounce back season for him in Pittsburgh, especially with the way Kenny Pickett's looked this preseason. With your pick and who is on the board, you had McLaurin, Christian Watson, um, Chris Godwin, Godwin, Christian Kirk were the top yeah. receivers. I, as much as I hate to say it, I really think Christian Watson has breakout potential this season in Green Bay as the one. I, I really hope it doesn't happen, but <laughs> I like I like what I've seen from him. I like the McLaurin pick, though. You're getting a number one receiver. He's hurt right now, which, which absolutely stinks. But um, when he's playing really quiet superstar in the league, I mean, what's he, a Madden 91, right? I know I know you love yeah, the Madden I, rankings. I love him. He's he's a superstar. He's, he's a wide receiver, one for his team, 1,100 yards. You get great numbers from him. And if Sam Howell is any good at all, McLaurin should be just fine, and he fits in real nice as a wide receiver three for you. So I, I like that pick. Um, and you know what? You and got he, some guts, Monaco. You have some guts because you you had three receivers and Lamar, and you you're just holding on that running back two spot. Um, but I like it because you got Derrick Henry, and that's where you could clap back at your brother and say, "Well, if I go Amon Ra there, it's a disaster right now for me at the the RB spot." So I like your draft so far. It is well, and I, I'm blown away at how yours filled out because you is we have similar teams, which is why it makes this episode interesting. But you really made out beautifully so talk to me not just about your fifth round but lo loop it in with your sixth round because i'm incredibly impressed how you filled out your rb2 and your flex it really fell brilliantly i think your team is 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 playoff bound with championship upside <laughs> well i really like the first four rounds too i then 
this is where I got into my okay, like I I need to to nail these picks, and I'm not sure if I did. I'd, I'd like to hear your feedback. So I go Keenan Allen, and in my mind, now I I need another running back. I have Kelsey, I have Lamb, I have Keenan Allen, and Jameer Gibbs. So I need to fill out quarterback and RB two and a flex spot. Really, um, right? Damian Pierce goes. He's off the board. <laughs> Kenneth Walker gone. Alexander Madison gone. James Robinson or James Connor. Those are the round four running backs. Fifth round starts with Javante Williams, Brees Hall, Rashad White. So three running backs immediately off the board. Justin Fields, right. Deontay Johnson, Christian Watson, DJ Moore, potentially a nice fifth round pick right there, DJ Moore. Um, Justin Herbert, Absolutely. who I was actually debating. Yeah, DJ Moore, fifth round is a steal. Oh, great, great pick for my friend. Jim. Great value. Great value. Justin Herbert next, Chris Godwin, and now I'm up. And I went with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, the options were Dobbins, Pacheco, James Cook, Miles Sanders. Um, I, you know, I'm telling I don't you, really Paul, I don't know. There. You got, you got, and I'm half. You got a, I'm half Jewish. You got a Christmas gift, as I like to call it, in that round. J.K. Dobbins, just, just for those listening, went fourth round and forty fourth in my league. Forty uh, to me, top three. Rushing offense with clearly they don't they pass to run. They don't run the pass. They pass to run. This is a running team with a dual threat at quarterback. Now you can make a case, sure. Maybe Lamar takes away some carries. Weird thing to think about a quarterback taking away carries from your running back. I gotta be honest, based off what you had on the market, you far and away got the best running back, but you don't you didn't just get a great running back at that spot. I mean, you got serious value. Again, I'm drafting with guys that I like to think know what they're doing. And Dobbins was gone by fourth round, 44th overall. So I, I think you got a steal. Yeah. And, and I, I was happy with the pick there. Yeah, you got to remember with J.K. Dobbins, one big injury concerns with him all the time. You got it. And, and with fantasy drafts, I think that should be in your mind, but you can't let it scare you off someone, especially in this case for me. Dobbins has the most potential out of all those guys, Pacheco, James Cook, Miles Sanders. So, And then you're able there, to go, yeah. I imagine Scary Terry was the sixth rounder for you to round out yes, the flat. Yes. So after Dobbins, it went Prescott and Mike Evans to round round five out. Uh, Mike Evans, little bit of a fall, I guess, from your league, um, from mid fifth round. A little bit, yeah. Did, it, did your league go God, Godwin before Evans, Ed, Edwins before Godwin? It did. In round five, Godwin was the ninth pick and Evans was the, the last pick of round five. So very close. Very close. Yeah, both these boys went. And when Evans 53rd, Godwin 60th in my uh, fifth round as well. And then round six starts with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and I wound up there. Oh, I, wow. I loved Terry so McLaurin. Two, would, you, would you have gone, obviously not going Kittle with Kelsey, would you have gone Ayuk over, over Scary? Yeah. <sighs> I I probably still go McLaurin. I know people. I mean, are that's really what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm going McLaurin, and 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 I literally had a dude drafting before me, my guy who went running back, running back, um, which was excellent. I was screaming. I mean, I made mention on the Zoom. Thank you, so and so. Thank you for the gift because Ayuk is not a wide receiver one on that. Yeah, team. he had you good numbers. See. He had good numbers last year, and people are are optimistic on a breakout for him. But Terry McLaurin, he's just, underutilized. Terry, there's no other John Dobbins coming on. But I mean, literally, they have no, they haven't had running game. They've had a rotisserie back there for years. The only constant in the last four years there has been Terry McLaurin. 
No, it, it, he's it, a I mean, certified he's... wide receiver one. I you had to take him in the sixth for me. I thought I, I got him in the fifth as a steal. Um, and I was fortunate, fortunate to get DeAndre Swift in the spot. You got uh, Terry. Um, you ironically went Swift, kind of bounced around here because we did hit an hour, which is incredible. Um, <laughs> how how do you how did you settle in the Swift? Did you go Swift seventh round? So, yes. And actually, let me let me real quick say to you, I took McLaurin, but I was a little disappointed because TJ Hawkinson was still on the board in round six. And I'm trying oh, wow. to see where he went in your draft. You had Mark Andrews go in the third round. Yeah, T Hawk went fifth. T Hawk went second in the fifth over uh fifth round, 50th. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where you had Hawkinson and Waller. And that's where I was expecting those guys to go. I was a little disappointed that the tight ends fell so far because in my sixth round, I took McLaurin. The next three picks were Hawkinson, Pacheco, Darren Waller. I was really and Dallas Goddard went later in the round. I was really expecting those guys to be gone early. So I felt like a little bit of the value I got with Kelsey at the 10 spot was lost by having the running backs fall so far. I mean, the tight ends fall so far in the draft where, you know, if I take uh, instead of Kelsey, if I go who was on the board there, uh, Derek Henry or something like that, maybe I'd rather have Derek Henry and Hawkinson than J.K. Dobbins and Kelsey. That was just a a little disappointment for me is, you know, if you're if tight ends fall, then maybe Kelsey isn't worth the pick uh, that early in the draft because you could still get great value throughout the first five rounds um to go on though to deandre swift there so i got him in the seventh round yes i just needed some running back depth and i was thrilled when he fell there i'm a little confused with why everyone thinks it's going to be such a committee in philadelphia the whole year deandre swift i see him coming in and playing the miles sanders role maybe even playing it better than miles sanders rashad penny feels like every season People are saying it's his breakout year and you never see it. So between Penny and Gainwell, are either of them better than DeAndre Swift? I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. You dealt with him in your division. Uh, still second running oh, back. Great. And, that, and you know what? Draft. Here's actually why I took him, Monaco. And you'll like this because you took him in the sixth round as well, right? Or in yeah. the sixth round? Yeah, I got yeah. him seven. I was on a record with Darius Slay for, for the volume. Yeah. And his podcast had come out. I believe it came out last week now. But we're just talking, he said, and we said, how's, how's uh, Swift looking? He said, guys, Swift is so good. He said, he is just, he's been unbelievable. Let's go. And I'm Come watching on. him in round seven and I'm seeing him fall down the board. I'm like, wait a second. Like Darius, Darius Slay is saying that this guy looks amazing in camp right now. I, I, I'm trusting what he's seeing on the field. So a little bit like behind the scenes action there. I like the Swift pick. I listen. It's the number one. I mean, it, it can we say unanimously, maybe not unanimously, unanimously, but Philly's offensive line is top three in this league. Top oh, three. Yeah, absolutely. Last year, they were the number one. Absolutely. These kind so of why, things Why can't Swift in. come in? Why can't Swift come in and be great behind that line? I, I see no reason. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, for you to get him for your for your bench and, and having the, a good problem of if he has upside this year comes out of the uh, the cannon fire and you got Dobbins. I mean, God forbid Dobbins gets banged up. That would be my only cause con- for concern in Baltimore if he didn't get didn't stay healthy. Swift, though, I mean, he's got a lot to prove again to your point. And, and I know these San Diego State guys that make the league like the back of my back of my fro. Penny has done really nothing but not reach his potential um 
I don't think Seattle has done pretty good in the running back world in the last few years. Would have let him go if if he was valuable. I don't. Yeah, it's, I don't it's no see knock on Penny. It's just he's been banged up and he he doesn't like. I don't see him on the field very often. I don't no, understand. He's, he's a quality backup to come in and and play that a David Montgomery role to some degree, but much lesser. Uh, so I'm I'm with you, man. Um, we are hitting that ceiling, so I don't want to go too much longer here. Um, we'll. We'll we'll bring it back and and talk some more here as we're we're talking out some more amps in the weeks to come. Any thoughts, real quick, on uh, seventh round action worth noting? I did want to ask you your brief strategy. You, you, I will let the rabbit out of the hat. You did get Geno Smith, pretty much the last last starter. I'd like to talk <laughs> out with you, um, you know, because two flex is not as common as one flex. So we'll focus on your end. When did you get Geno and? Did you start the draft thinking you would get Geno? And and those who who aren't aware, he did have the number one deep ball accuracy percentage last year. So let's not sleep on the guy that was written who didn't write back. I got Geno. I actually I actually don't have his round in front of me right now. I was around twelve or thirteen, really late, really late. Unfortunately, really late. unfortunately, um, I I wanted Kirk or Tua, but my friend had auto auto draft on in round eleven and twelve, and. Though you were at the top of the list, and he auto drafted both of them uh, on the turn, so I lost. I lost out on those two guys. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like of all the, you know, of all the things that could happen. Um, so I wound up with Geno, but I get him really late, and he was the number five quarterback last season. Like you said, best deep ball in the game, and they add Jackson Smith and Jigba to that team. I, I actually do have one more player though in round eight that I want your opinion on, Monaco. It felt like the first potential big mistake that I could have made like Swift. I liked um, and everything else from there. I, I thought I was drafting well, but round eight came along and the quarterbacks are starting to go off the board in my league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went at the end of round seven. And then I was looking at the guys left and it was Daniel Jones was there. Kirk was there. I actually swung <laughs> pretty big in round eight on Anthony Richardson so he was my first quarterback off the board way before oh, wow. Gino. Wow. And I, I look back on it and I kind of regret not going Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba. A couple, I love taking chances on rookies with breakout potential oh, um, yeah. at the receiver and running back position mainly. But I was thinking with the team I have right now, uh, Kelsey, Lamb, Allen, Gibbs, Dobbins, if I can hit on a quarterback and get a top 10 quarterback or really even a top five potentially, then I have a great chance of, of making a run at this thing. And Richardson was the only guy I saw between Kirk. You know what you're going to get Tua, you're probably going to get an eight to 12 guy, maybe 13 um, Gino, Daniel Jones, like all those guys. I thought Richardson had star potential, um, but maybe a bit of a reach. What, what do you think about that? It's interesting because um, I do pair I do pay for uh one subscribe service. They're very good. Um, they give you about 20 experts breakdowns. And believe it or not, the eighth ranked, excuse me, ninth ranked quarterback in fantasy is Anthony Richards. Oh, really? uh, almost unanimously. Yeah, it's it's Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes in that tier one. And in tier two, Lamar Fields, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Richardson. Then it's ah, okay. Daniel. That makes Jones. you feel a little better. Yeah, then it's Daniel Jones, then it's Deshaun Watson, then it's Prescott, Goff, and Geno, interestingly. Geno's 14th. So it is it is interesting. I mean, I like going for broke, especially in a non-dynasty league, non-keeper league for you. 
man, would I love it that much more if you stash Richardson for next year? Because if it was after that seventh round, it would be considered uh, eligible in my league for a keeper. I like it. I mean, I think in hindsight, sure, if you are not going for a breakout rookie, I probably got to be uh, at the quarterback position, mind you. I would have went for the other breakout rookie, Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. Jordan Addison, um, or or Jackson. I can't sit here and say I disagree with how your draft went. I, I think again, it's tough to say that. I, I mean, we're looking tit for tat. You essentially got three guys around later than I got around earlier. So kind of crazy. I, I how mean, that you really—it it is pretty surreal. I don't know what it speaks to uh, between your. Uh, other 11 guys and my other 11 guys. Oh, I just, um, so- I just, I, I just play with idiot. No, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily on your end. I just think it's different strategy, but no, I, look, you end up with a guy who is, a, is on the right side of a pass happy offense, spreads the rock, adding more speed with, with Jackson Smith, Najigba, which I love. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you're incorrect now. Do I feel like you could have got some solid stash players there? Of course. Of course. I think for those listening, you know, if you're not going um, in those top seven quarterbacks in the league, uh, as we kind of know, however you mix and mingle them, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, Fields, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, you kind of wait later to kind of when you took Geno. Oh, you can't beat Geno in the 13th round. And that to me was just... A great value. You get like all those guys are so similar. If you could load up your team, and you know it's different for me because I took Richardson in the eighth round. But if you plan on having like Gino as your guy, <laughs> then yeah, you could you could load up on and have really good depth on your roster uh, throughout the Absolutely. thing. Hey, Monaco, here's here's actually how the quarterbacks went in my league. Um, yeah, in yeah. terms of the order, it wound up going Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. That was your top six. Which I, I think a lot of people would get behind. Uh, then it went seven sure. fields, eight. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, what was it? Seven fields. Then Dak Prescott actually went next. Then Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and then I took Anthony Richardson as the eleventh quarterback off the board. So I guess I get a little value from from your guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's. <sighs> It's a really fickle choice there if you're not going premier quarterbacks when you start stashing. Again, what are it almost comes down to your fantasy methodology. What is your style? Do you do you want to go at that point in those seven through ten rounds? Do you want to stack the bench because they're still quality guys? Or hey, look, me and you, we're in a position with McLaurin where he's like he might not play week one. So that's where it's important. You know, you got, I see you got Michael Pittman in the seventh round. You can insert him into your starting lineup. Although I guess you're in a double flex anyway. But for me, yeah. like I could put Pittman or would have been Jordan Asson in my starting lineup and not have to sweat as much. Now I have Juju in there. Like uh, <laughs> a little, a little, a uh, little concerned about how my flex is going to look for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And our, you know, I, I just think for me, I'm a little more, it's the only thing I don't love is you go in a rich that early but at the same time who's to say that wasn't a steal if this guy ends up having a rookie of the year type season i mean he has a dual threat ability there's upside there he's got the arm to make all the throws he's got a great offensive line if jonathan taylor 
decides to you know opt in with a good attitude despite what Ursay's playing playing uh the way he's playing it which is it's not easy from JT's perspective there's a lot of reason my friend for you to feel like that could have been a championship go for it moment now on our way out here I do believe I believe a little more a stack in your bench before your quarterback if you're not going one of those dudes I mean Trevor Lawrence went beginning of the ninth round in my league. And then it almost went another round and a half before Tua got taken 118th overall at the end of the 10th. I mean, I'm watching quality quarterbacks, Prescott middle around 12, Aaron Rodgers going 147th overall in round 13. Guy was a back-to-back MVP less than 500 days ago. So you know, a, a rich did go 13th round in my league. Um, but that was a strategy play by my buddy for, for probably stashing him for next year. Um, so, so no one thought to necessarily go him early, but I do find it fascinating what you did, Paul, where you went potential star early and solidified starter in this league at really a great choice. Yeah. That's what I like later in that rap. I that won't round. even have Anthony Richardson playing. Week one, probably. I'll probably have Geno Smith. And then, you know, if he breaks out, all of a sudden now I feel a lot better about where my quarterback position's at. Now, let's get out of here on your draft grade. Did ESPN give you where you were projected and where you are projected? You know how they do that under that uh, that draft yeah. board? They have that little brought to you by Snickers. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about me. I was kind of pissed off, Monaco. I was a little pissed off. <laughs> they gave me eight. And what? You know, I I, I come to look at eight? it. And trending I, up I felt, or trending yeah. down? Trending up or trending down? Or nada? No, they just gave neutral eight. <laughs> it was just a neutral eight. Um, wow. And I was a little confused because I really thought that. But it's weird because I was project, I'm projected the most points in week one. So I, I don't know why that's the situation maybe maybe they could tell the terry mclaurin injury was going to happen because three days later he was injured and uh and now i'm scrambling for a flex but i was at eight a little confused and now with the mclaurin injury in mind we'll see how long he's out with uh, the turf toe if he misses any time but i was a, a little disappointed with the eighth ranking how about you where do you come in um you know what i did because i did mine online uh offline um and we're my group's actually texting about it right now we don't have our draft grade i don't know if it just might because our commission has to manually put everyone in it doesn't come out yet um but the the exact team that we just discussed i do not have a draft great um i forgot to mention i did take uh, evan ingram later in that uh later in this draft to round out my starting tight end. So I ended up with Lamar CD, Keenan Allen, Derek Henry, D Swift, Ingram, scary Terry and Pittman. And on my bench, obviously I had Mostert stashed, um, you know, as an RB two. really not going to probably see the field in my league unless he needs to, to fill in a plug and play for a buy and or a um, injury out the gate, like with scary Terry. But I, I got Damian Harris down the stretch. Nothing to write home about. So I, I didn't love my stash picks. I do have one sleeper. I'd like you to throw me one sleeper. If you have one, if you don't, no problem. I drafted this guy. And I did make I mention of it. I think I know who it. you're going with. Yeah, I, this dude, who again was a five-star recruit out of high school, 
never got to really see his full potential at Clemson because he was uh, banged up. But a 23-year-old 6'4 specimen in Justin Ross with a Y on a Kansas City depth chart here that after Kelsey, to me, Paul, is completely up for grabs. I just think whether it's Sky Moore, this dude Rice they drafted, Justin Ross out of nowhere, I just can, and can, can, Kadarius Tony is either, not, he's going late, late, way too late. That's head scratching. I'm seeing the, obviously the mis- meniscus thing. And then you have Marquette, you know, MVS. I just think this is a wide receiver room that's wide open. You got that Justin Ro- Watson dude as well. Do you have any interest in this Justin Ross dude? I, I took a flyer on him at the end, end, end of my draft. Saw him catch a corner end zone touchdown. I mean, to me, it's an open season wide receiver room with the number one quarterback in the league. How do you not draft a chief here towards the end of your draft? It's funny. That's what's so crazy about Patrick Mahomes in this offense and what makes Kelsey such a great option for anyone in the first round. It's he's so clearly the number one target. And then there's no one else. Justin Ross, right. let me just tell you this, Monaco. I was a sophomore in college, okay, 2018, I believe. This is Trevor Lawrence's freshman season at Clemson. And we make the playoff. We're 12-0. and 0. It's t- two years after Notre Dame was 4-8, and eight, and the entire campus was yeah. just ready to explode. I mean, people were people were trying to get Brian Kelly fired on, on our quads. It was absurd. 2018, <laughs> I'm a sophomore. Week 12-0, and 0, great season. Ian Book comes out of nowhere. I fly down to Dallas, and with all my friends, we're there for the, the Cotton Bowl. And I'm so excited. Number three versus number two in the country. We have great tailgate. It's about 3-3. I can't remember the exact score. Late in the second quarter. And Justin Ross ripped my heart out. He had three touchdowns in like a five-minute span. It was just, I mean, the dude was making one-handed catches, embarrassing our defensive backs. He destroyed an entire fan base (laughs) in about an hour. And... I was watching this guy just thinking to myself, I, I I left the game thinking this guy's going to be a top 10 pick in two years. He was a freshman. I was, he's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft in two years. And my God, I hope the Vikings can get him. And of course, he's had wow. all these issues now. I, I, with, I think it was his back and um, unfortunate things for him. But Justin Ross is as talented as they come. And for him to be in an offense with Patrick Mahomes, if he's able to be back to a hundred percent. I love the pick from you. He he has he had star potential written all over him when I first saw him, and I'm looking at it where he is now. He can't be in a better spot. Wide open wide receiver room. It probably won't work out, but where you got him worth a flyer. <laughs> Justin Ross late in drafts. My God, this guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it's just because I have a burning image of him <laughs> him catching one handed touchdowns. But he, I lo- I love the pick from you. Thank you. I got one compliment, one compliment from my group the entire draft. It was, wow, what a great pick at the end of the draft, Justin Ross. And again, for those who made it to the very end, he ain't even on the list. You got to type him in. And it's Justin (laughs) with a Y for my buddies who are all business majors doing a Microsoft Excel sheet and you have to type in the name correctly. No one even knew how to spell Justin. It's Justin with a Y. Do you you have? Do you yeah. have a deep sleeper for us? In my and for my team, Anthony Richardson was the sleeper, but a deep sleeper. I I do have my eyes on 
Kareem Hunt right now and what's going to happen with him. I know that he's a big name, but he went undrafted in my league. And wow. What's going on? Undrafted. 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 And with what's going on with Jonathan Taylor right now, if he were to leave Indianapolis, I expect Kareem Hunt is a name that everyone in the Colts organization will be considering. He's already visited them. Now, if he goes to the Saints, you know, you're, you're, you're buried on that depth chart. But if he goes to the Colts and gets a starting gig and you're able to land him right now, if he's a free agent or you get him really late, again, Kareem Hunt hasn't been super impressive for a few years now, but he's still a younger guy. And if he breaks out, <laughs> like you could talk about a guy with top 15 upside um, and he catches the ball too. So I, I like Kareem Hunt as a flyer late in drafts, especially for a team like me or you, where we kind of need some running back help. If it works out, it works out great. And he could be, you know, potentially up there for, as a league winner. Um, and the worst case scenario is, yeah, you spend a late pick, but that's what those picks are for taking a swing. Dude, I love it, man. Uh, dude, how about that for a show, huh? We didn't even talk about the your PPR league. We didn't. We <laughs> did. But uh, we got we got some amp time to, to hop back on. So there there could very well be a part two. Uh, this phenomenal conversation. Really enjoyed your two cents. I thought if you did listen to this, you, you absolutely got better, especially if you are inked in that nine through 12, uh, just with a little strategy of of Paul and myself. So for Paul representing the Paul Farrington show. Farrington show and myself representing Moneyline Monaco. That is two diehard fantasy footballers talking out the same number 10 overall draft pick in different ways. All I got to say, Paul, is do not listen and use it as bulletin board material for your ESPN grade for your boys. Because I am, if anyone in your league as a betting man wants some side action, Give me PF at plus 160. Do I dare say there's plus money for you to get in the playoffs? Give me you five to one to win it all. Whoever wants it, I'm oh. putting down a Benjamin on my Oh, guy. Monaco, Monaco. We have a giant number eight in the locker room. Geno Smith is shouting it every day on the practice field. I mean, it, it, the guys look great right now. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, it's a youthful team with great mentorship from Kelsey and, and Allen. I, I'm loving where we're at right now. I, I think you have a beautiful, beautiful season ahead of you, my friend. For me, I think I could have I could have done a lot better. Um, You're the be same honest. team I, as me. <laughs> no, but we, but a draft pick after. I mean, you're getting three true. of these. I got CD ten. You got Kelsey. You got CD second round. You got Terry after me. You got Allen after me. I mean, to me, it's a credit to you as a GM. For me, we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> the only thing I can say is I'm in a two flex league. And you can make the case with my four wide receivers that I got four WR ones. I mean, I don't know if we're sitting here feeling confident with Michael Pittman. I just I don't really believe in much other assets in Indy. Uh, it's the sort of the Pittman theory was the same thing was as as McLaurin, Keenan Allen maybe as a, as a one A to Mike Williams. That's fair. CD a certified one. I mean, that's that's what I'm hanging my hat on. But oh, I, I, just... I love your team, Monaco. There's one guy I'm looking at, if you don't mind me real quick saying him. Yeah. Uh, the third pick, Chase, Waddle, Gibbs, uh, Rashad White, um, iffy on, but Darren Waller, Jordan Ass, and then he, he's the one who held Olave with the keeper. That's right. the one guy in your league that I'm looking at saying, like, that. that's the guy that I think is gonna, people are going to be chasing this year. And out of everyone else, though, I, I like your team the most after that. Oh, of the guy that got Olave, huh? 
Oh, I, I mean, Chase, Waddle, Olave, that's a that's a lot of points there. So I'll come down to Jameer Gibbs. If, if Gibbs is good, that team's going to be tough to beat. But I, I yeah. like where you're at. You're pretty balanced. It just comes down to DeAndre Swift, really, in that carrying that running back room um, as the RB2. And I am projected second. I'm projected second most points um, with no draft grade yet. And, and you are first in projected points, if I'm not mistaken. I am first in projected points uh, as long as Terry McLaurin plays. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, great app. Appreciate you coming on, talking shop. Um, Paul does great work on the ones and twos for me. Make sure I'm prepared every morning. But yes, love having you uh, on the mic with me, talking shop. We'll do it again um, for Paul, for myself, my line Monaco. It is Amazon Amp. We're out of here until tomorrow. Don't forget to hug your mother. See you then. The volume.